0: Spencer Speaks Sports, first Super Bowl episode of the podcast, so that's pretty exciting. Um, This is, yeah, Super Bowl 55, Super Bowl LV coming up. You got the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, It's going to be a very entertaining game. But first, where or what is going to be the Saints quarterback situation and my thought is is that Drew Brees is going to retire in a couple weeks. The Saints are expected to get an announcement from him, um, yeah, from Sean Payton or whoever, in one to two weeks. And then Jameis Winston will fill in. He will sign a new deal with the Saints, and he will be their starting quarterback. And then Taysom Hill is going to play the role of basically a um, flex player uh, where he's going to be, um, maybe playing quarterback sometimes, maybe playing tight end sometimes. Um, uh, what else? K- punt returns, kick returns, whatever the heck it may be. Um, and any other special teams endeavors there. So that's what I think. There, I wanted to go over another team quickly and their kind of, uh, yeah, up in the air quarterback situation there. So, um, what's the next thing? The next thing is that during the weekend of the Super Bowl, you obviously have your NFL awards stuff, and then you also have um, the Hall of Fame inductees. So usually there's, well, as of of late, there's been 15 modern day finalists that you have in um, contention to go to the Hall of Fame. And I believe last year there was five players, five modern day players ended up going to the Hall of Fame. So the list goes this year, it's Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, Tony Boselli, Leroy Butler, Clay Matthews Jr., Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, Charles Woodson, Alan Finneka, um, Terry Holt, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, and Peyton Manning were the others. Um, so, I, I mean, if I had to pick five, say there's there's five that get in this year, which is, seems likely, um, I got to go with Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, um, Alan Finneka, and uh, I want to say Richard Seymour, probably because of the Patriots bias. If I couldn't pick Seymour, I would go with John Lynch. Um... So yeah, so Calvin Johnson was a star uh, receiver for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they the Lions haven't had recent success, or they didn't have any success when it was uh, Stafford and Calvin Johnson, that quarterback wide receiver combo. Kind of unfortunate because uh, Johnson's career was was kind of wasted, and then he did kind of retire early, I, I believe, right at the age of thirty. So, um, so yeah, so just kind of an unfortunate year for Calvin, for a yeah, unfortunate career for calvin johnson but he still had a hall of fame worthy career no doubt as you can tell he's a finalist so um peyton manning no doubt he's getting in um i believe he has the most mvp awards ever um charles woodson should be first ballot hall of famer for sure um just uh his impact in the game with the packers with the raiders um yeah I, i i i doubt he will be left off and then um the thing with, um, I believe I'm pronouncing this name, right? Fanaka, um, Alan Fanaka. Uh, he is, um, or Fanka, whatever. Um, but uh, but I mean, it's, it's his sixth year on the ballot. So you would think eventually, um, if he keeps being a finalist like this, six-time finalist now, uh, he'll eventually get in. And I think this could be the year for him. And I'm also seeing other, kind of experts around the game um, um favoring him in their top fives and then john lynch is another guy um i mean i think john lynch man he's been actually he has the most he's he's been a finalist eight times and he hasn't been and he hasn't been in so lynch was a uh a star safety or i believe safety um or just secondary player in general. Um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won a, uh, a, a Super Bowl title when he was playing with the team. And um, now he's the GM of the San Francisco 49ers. So um, hopefully, I mean, he, he's had, obviously, his football career has been pretty successful going from player to now GM. And now I think the final step is, um, or the goal for him is his Hall, Hall of Fame, no doubt, get the golden jacket. Um, and yeah, Richard Seymour, uh, just the, his impact is why I think or why I want him to be there. Um, he, I believe, is a three time All Pro, uh, at, at defensive end there. And, um, I mean, helped New England get those three Super Bowls in 01, 03, and 04 in those seasons. And, um, and yeah, I think, uh, a lot of people are, especially around the Patriots community, obviously are pushing for him to, uh, to get into the hall of fame. And he also did have a decent um, ending of his career when he played for the Oakland Raiders there. So, um, so those are my five picks when it comes to the modern day finalists, there's two people or, well, there's one coach and Tom Flores who's uh, coached the believe it was LA Raiders at the time. Um, LA Raiders, and he, I mean, yeah, led him to two Super Bowls. Um, and then obviously, I think he was overshadowed by, um, all of Al Davis's kind of, um, uh, conflicts with the league or whatever. But, um, a lot of people, um, want Florida to finally be recognized because he was the first minority head coach, um, in the NFL and to win a super bowl. Um, and then the other guy is drew Pearson who was a wide receiver for the Cowboys. And if I'm not mistaken, he's the only player who made the 1980s all decade team to not be in the hall of fame. So, and he's not a modern day finalist, but he is, um, he is one of the, um, I guess it would be historical finalist, um, so he, there was a video last year went viral of him being um, just absolutely disappointed finding out he he wasn't gonna make it to the Hall of Fame, and um, but this year hopefully it's uh, he gets enough votes or, or recognition whatever it may be to get into the Hall of Fame um, because he definitely deserves it based on the career he had. <laughs> just with the Super Bowl in general, I, I kind of can't believe uh, it's. Um, everything got this far with the, the coronavirus and stuff. I thought there was going to be, you know, a shutdown at this point or something, just, uh, just crazy. That was out of everybody's control. Um, but, uh, it wasn't so that was good. It's good that we're having the Super Bowl in in Tampa Bay here, having a decent amount of fans. I think uh, twenty two thousand is the total number. Seventy five hundred of vaccinated healthcare workers, and then obviously the rest are still you know in their own like seating kind of bubble area in the stadium and wearing masks and all that stuff. So, um but yeah, it's 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 cool that the they're able to have that number that amount of fans uh watching obviously the biggest game of the year um the the weekend is doing the halftime show so he says he's going to keep it pg because obviously some of his songs are not pg um and uh yeah it should be I'm, i'm thinking it should be good all of them seem to be pretty good each year year in year out so Looking, for, I guess I'm looking forward to that. Um, since the well, I mean, I obviously the game's more important to me, but uh, for some people, that's uh, that's why they watch the whole thing is to watch the 25, 30 minute halftime show, whatever it is. Um, and then there's always interesting prop bets when it comes to the Super Bowl and, um, the, the the one I always like to pick out is the national anthem. And um, I'm drawing a blank on who the two singers. There's two singers. It's a duet this year. Um, but, yeah, the, the national anthem prop bet, the over-under, is set at two minutes and three seconds. And six of the last eight have cleared the two-minute mark. So it seems like... I mean, if I have to give my best analysis here, it seems like it's going to be over just because it's a duet and it's not just like one person and it's going to be quicker. I think um, that the back and forth there or whatever the hell they plan on doing is going to be um, a little bit more time consuming. And I think they're going to be pretty excessive when it comes to um, saying brave at the end, they like extending that out. And that's actually another prop that is six and a half seconds for the word brave at the end. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's a, that's a risky bet, for at least for me. I mean, I don't think I would do that if I had the ability to. So, um, yeah, so that's those are the two <laughs> National Anthem prop bets there. And then the other one I always like is uh, the color of the Gatorade port. And just to see, like, I mean, I have no clue how the heck they reasonably come up with those numbers that's for people to bet on, but that's, uh, I would not be doing that. Um, That's for sure. But anyway, um, and then what it was next. Okay. And same in regards to the betting and all that, a man who goes by the name of, it is Mattress Mac is his nickname. Um, He placed a $3.46 million bet for the Buccaneers to cover. So that doesn't mean the Buccaneers have to win the game. They just have to, Either be within what was what did he bet it on? I think it was three and a half. So if it's yeah, if it's a three point game or less, or Tampa Bay wins, then he walks, then he nets um, $2.5 million. So that would be a nice little payday if the uh, Buccaneers lose by less than three or just win outright. Um, and then Another thing that I kind of saw with throughout this uh, Super Bowl week here is that all these media outlets are starting to go down to Tampa and stuff. So ESPN, NFL Network, whoever it may be, um, they are doing these reports, whether it's on Sports Center and they're doing a, um, a live report from there. Literally last night it was like um, <laughs> they were doing it like in front of a sunset, right in front of the ocean, um, just unreal. Um, but I guess that's what you get once you are um, – that qualified at doing your uh, job there you you earned that opportunity to be sitting on a beach reporting um in Tampa Bay there and uh let's see and what else before i actually get into the game analysis okay yep make sure need to make sure to highlight this um sarah thomas is going to be the first woman to officiate in an, in a Super Bowl game so that's very remarkable and I'm pretty sure she was quoted saying like um it's obviously an inspiration for her daughter to see her mother you know out on the field there making history like that and obviously to any of of the um, other um, young girls who are aspiring to do um, groundbreaking things in the world there. So yeah, that's very cool that uh, Sarah Thomas is having this opportunity, finally having this opportunity to um, officiate in this um, prestigious game that everybody loves. Moving on to the actual game and just, um, I mean, I try to pick out a lot of things here that uh, would be interesting, I guess, towards some what of, what of an analysis um, to this game. I mean, it's going to be just, um, it could seem like overplay depending on how much you listen to ESPN, Center, whatever. But um, I'm doing my best here. So these teams, the Chiefs and the Bucks, played each other in week 12 down in Tampa Bay. And it was 27-24 Chiefs. They got out really early. They got ahead real early. And um, the Buccaneers defense, I guess, and, and offense, they were both able to settle down and um, keep it, I guess, somewhat close. I mean, it was only a three-point game at the end there. Um, and I thought that Tampa Bay – they were – I think they were a little bit getting to the point where they were tired, you know. To, I mean, they hadn't had the bye week yet. The bye week was after this game. So they pl- they were playing – well, yes, after this game, 12 straight weeks of football. So at some point, I think players just need to rest the bodies a little bit. And the Buccaneers haven't lost since the bye week. So that's, um, I think, a crucial factor there that's kind of um, – helped with their playoff push and and have gotten to them to this point point. and um the Buccaneers uh, I think a lot of people know first team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium of course it's Tom Brady to finally break that curse as well um uh yeah I mean it's just remarkable what Brady has been able to do six-time Super Bowl champ Four time Super Bowl MVP. Um, In fact, one of his Super Bowl wins came against Andy Reid when Andy Reid was an Eagles head coach. This was back in the 2004 season there. Um, That's when the Patriots won their third Super Bowl of their franchise's history. And um, yeah, a lot of uh, sensing a three point game trend here. So the Patriots beat the Eagles there at 2421. Um so I would think Andy Reed is uh looking for some event revenge in the uh biggest game of the year um to when it actually means uh lifting up the Lombardi trophy or not. And um I think the the matchup between Mahomes and Brady will be terrific. I mean with Brady here, I mean he he started he started 48% of the Super Bowl since the year 2000. I mean, it's his 10th Super Bowl start. And I believe if you're talking about all the Super Bowls in total, it's 18%. Um, So just remarkable there. And he's actually the only one to start a Super Bowl, only quarterback to start a Super Bowl after the age of 40. Nobody else has done it, but he's done it three times. And um, Mahomes, he could be the first to have two Super Bowl champions and an MVP at 25 um, since Emmett Smith, and Emmett Smith is the only other player to do that. So with Mahomes and something that happened last game is that he was connecting with Tyreek Hill at a crazy rate. Uh, Tyreek Hill ended up having 269 receiving yards in the game. The last time these two teams played, uh, Mahomes, I believe, passed for over 400 yards. And a lot of it happened in the first quarter. Um, I think Hill had like 200, 220 of his receiving yards in the first quarter. Um, So yeah, they just got off to a really quick start there. Um, I think it's going to be, yeah, a a lot of the air game from Mahomes. I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to stifle the the Kansas city running offense there. And um, to me, The the thing that's led to Tampa Bay's success this postseason is points off of turnovers. So I'm thinking against Mahomes, you probably have to get at least two turnovers and get about, I mean, yeah, at least 10 or 14 points off of those turnovers um, to give themselves a better shot. Because I don't know if it turns into an offensive shootout. I'm not sure Tampa Bay's offense can match what or the quickness and speed of scoring that uh, Kansas city has, has, been able to put out, um, in the the Mahomes era in general. Uh, And, um, yeah, so if Tampa Bay can get good field position, um, the chiefs have allowed TDs. I mean, 67% of the time their opponent is in the red zone. They allow a touchdown. So that's, by far I think one of the worst uh rates in the league this season um and uh I think uh yeah I mean if I, if you mention both of the the offenses being pass prolific which I think it's going to be in this game I mean these, this is the first Super Bowl remarkably where your top two passing offenses are um are competing against each other um so I thought that was kind of surprising there um and so, yeah, so that's that's where I'm kind of getting that from. That's, that's why I see it being such a high-scoring, um, highly offensive game there. And a factor that um, is, I think, maybe some people have forgotten about is that Eric Fisher, the Chiefs offensive tackle, he tore his Achilles in the game against the Buffalo Bills, the, the AFC championship game against Buffalo there. So the Chiefs' offensive line is going to be weaker. They've had to make some shifts in the line, um, though. Apparently, they've practiced with linemen playing at different positions, so it's no, um, it's not a huge deal that this is happening. But it's not not too favorable um, either. So when um, if, if Tampa Bay is able to p- get pressure, um, Mahomes does have a good shot to get out of it and still make a good throw because he has one of the best QBRs, which is quarterback rating um, when he's pressured. Meanwhile, say Kansas city is able to get to Brady there. Brady has one of the worst QBRs when pressured in the league. So it's uh so I don't know if he'll necessarily play out that way. Um, If if Brady, I mean, he's obviously, he's not as athletic as Patrick Mahomes, but he still has the pocket presence to either move up or get out and, and still make the throw. But just based on, of, of off of a season sample, I was stuttering there. I was just so amazed by the stat. Um You would think that Mahomes should have more success if, um, Either of the two defenses or the two defenses decide to be very good in this game. And um, what else? So, yeah, this is, this is um another intriguing kind of a point I wanted to talk about as well is that the Chiefs are looking to win back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time since the Patriots did in the 03 and 04 seasons. And obviously Tom Brady being on those teams probably doesn't want to um, – or, or that to happen. He doesn't want to allow it. And, uh, and just my thought again, I, I kind of mentioned this before my, but my thought on Tom Brady here is that obviously it's, it hurts <laughs> that he is not doing this in a Patriots uniform still. Um, but if, uh, if, um, if you want him to win in order to, uh, just, just stop or or put a slight halt to Mahomes's dynasty looking run or yeah like I said it's it's going to it's looking like Mahomes is going to have one heck of a career here um so I mean I I from the heart I obviously want to still root for Brady have him build his legacy and like I said halt Mahomes is for now um and yeah, just I mean, Brady's already the greatest quarterback ever. Let's just like, might as well keep it going, right? And then, um, yeah, and prevent anybody else from doing um, what he's trying to do. And uh, but if I had to be kind of what I call my honest uh, analyst uh, pick here, uh, I it's tough, but I have to go with Kansas City because I think, like I said. I think this is going to be a offensive um, powerhouse of a game here. With, I mean, Brady and his receivers of Evans, Godwin, Gronk, uh, the running backs—if you want to include them—in and Fournette and Jones. The Chiefs side, you got um, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyree Kill robinson if he's off the COVID list um who else sammy watkins like just just the amount of of speed and weapons that these two quarterbacks have it's just tough for me not to say this game's going to be in the at least in the low 30s high 20s type of um uh scoring range there so i i th- I'm going to have to go with Kansas City here if, like I said, if I'm doing the honest analyst kind of pick here. So I'll go with the Chiefs and then Super Bowl MVP. Um, If I'm basing it off of last year, it seems like Mahomes, no matter how good or bad he plays, it seems like he's always going to get the MVP. I thought Damian Williams last year for Kansas City should have gotten it because he had like two rushing touchdowns and near 100 yards, I believe. But Mahomes (laughs) still got it anyway. So I got to go with Patrick Mahomes there. And um, yeah, so that's what I got, and what I think are the separators of just basically yeah, Mahomes being able to handle the pass versus Brady struggling with it more. He could still, still pretty good, but not as good as Patrick Mahomes. And like I said, just uh, just a lot of offense. So um, that's what I got. And um, on Monday, I will obviously go over what happens on Sunday there. And, um, yeah, talk about probably some more stuff, uh, some, maybe some non-football stuff, but we'll, we'll have to see. So I will see you all on Monday.